everybody. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> What's up? That's a throwback. I wasn't oh. sure if you were like waiting for a response. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like all right. Hey, audience. Uh, it's Tuesday, April 30th. Today we are on Acts 26. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're moving right along, man. Almost at the end of April already. Actually, yeah. at the end of April, the yeah. very last day. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, thanks for closing the show for me last week. <laughs> I'm glad we could help. <laughs> Did we do it justice? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> love each other and stuff. Yeah. Go yeah. enjoy the weather. Loves that. Love each other. Daniel finishes, and Michael's like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> no idea what to say. That was pretty fun we to were listen lost. to. Yeah, so sorry I had to step out and miss most of the episode last week, guys. I uh, had a lot of stuff on my plate to get done and just not enough time to do it, so I had to make a uh, an executive decision and step out for a few minutes. He really enjoys that coloring book. He had to, he had to step <laughs> out and do some coloring. It's very captivating. Uh, just so you guys know, sometimes we will mess up our timeline uh, when we say like what day it is or what time, because we record the podcast early. And so I don't know what you're talking about, Daniel. <laughs> yes, this is not live. He just took down the fourth wall. I know exactly, <laughs> but uh, so we were preparing for Easter, so that was why Brent was having to go out and do a bunch of different stuff. So, <laughs> so he wasn't uh, coloring. So, so he wasn't. I wasn't coloring. coloring. No. I was. Uh, I was on a lift, <laughs> hanging fabric on the stage. For and that's also why you might have heard hours. some sounds here and there, and, and Daniel and I snickering. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry about that. I I hated that I had to miss a lot of it last week, but uh, these guys did a great job because I I also do the editing and all that stuff. So I had to go back and listen, and uh, they they always do a great job. So um, I knew I could trust them with it. So anyway, today we are on Acts twenty six. Um, do you guys want to do any setup on where sure. we are right now? <laughs> Is this Michael's turn to be set up? Maybe. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, I have to say I have sure. to apologize, listeners, because I've been busy too. And I was just telling Brent, I think I was telling Daniel too, that like I've got to step up my study game. And so I attacked it this week. Nice. And, and you know what stinks is this is not that exciting of a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, well, that's good that you but, studied so much that but you yeah, can help but, us carry the episode. But you know, when you study the things going into it, you start seeing what's really going on and that we're really digging into Paul's life and, and starting to dig into the end of Paul's life. And, and you see that uh, one thing that, that I was captivated by by reading all this is seeing how, you know, we when we read these things, it, it takes us, you know, an hour. And we see all these things. Like, he was in prison for a couple of years before we even get to chapter 26. Mm-hmm. Like, th- it moves fast in our, in our minds. But this is moving really slow in real life. Yeah. And so Paul is dealing with a lot of stuff. He's getting this. He's getting tried by... By one crew and another crew, and it just keeps happening, and so and, and but one thing, well, we'll see what we notice about about what actually happens when he gets tried. But just keep in mind that Paul really hadn't done anything wrong. Yeah. And an interesting thing that Luke does with telling this in Acts is he he chooses parts of the story that um, this is the first time I noticed it this year that it really parallels the story of of Jesus. I just find that really interesting that Luke does that. Yeah. To be honest with you, I'm not. I don't quite understand why, because it feels like really bold to tell you know, you know Paul's story very similar to Jesus's story, but he does you know because you know you know Paul moves he goes back to Jerusalem knowing what would happen if he would go there, mm-hmm. you know, and, he, and he's tried and and so, but that's an interesting thing that we're seeing the end of basically the start of the end. 
for Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and that this is a long road that he's taken to get here, and uh, it's kind of a kind of a sad story, but yet we see this awesome stuff that Paul does through this, and we'll talk about that when we come back from reading the scripture. Yeah, you talk about prison um, so many times in the Bible, like it just it's like light speed through their time in prison, which I'm sure to them felt like the slowest parts of their lives. Mm-hmm. I bring that up just because I was listening to um, a sermon about uh, Joseph yesterday, and they were actually talking about how his story is a bit similar to Jesus as well, where with yeah. his brothers he chooses grace over revenge and, and all that kind of stuff. And they were talking about, um, kind of jokingly, about when he was in prison and um, the two cellmates that he had both had dreams that he had to interpret. And one was, hey, the king's going to come, or the pharaoh's going to come get you tomorrow, and he's going to restore you as his cupbearer. And the other one was like, hey, he's going to kill you. <laughs> so then he got killed, uh, and the cupbearer got restored to, to his thing. But Joseph had said, hey, when you go, don't forget me. You know? Yeah. Well, zip through the story like that. But for, right. for Joseph, yes. it's two years or something before he's like, Oh, hey, Pharaoh, you had a dream. I remember this guy in prison, you know, and it just seemed so fast. But yeah, it was like two years of his life that he had yeah, to and wait. Like, and with Paul, like, thanks, buddy. And he's going through stuff. I mean, yeah. imagine being Paul. First off, we forget that he spent like so much of his life being this really tough guy, Jewish dude, you know, yeah. that that was either killing or at least responsible for some killing of, of Christians, you know? Yeah. We zipped through that part of his life. You know, and and then he starts preaching to um, the Jews first. We forget that since we know him as this great preacher to the Gentiles and arguing on their behalf and all this. But you know, just interesting. He that that wasn't like a day or two. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's traveling to synagogues and basically getting shut out. Yeah. So yeah, Paul's man. Paul's life is just interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's find out more about it right now from the Dwell app. So Agrippa said to Paul, You have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee, and now I stand here on trial because of my hope in the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope I am accused by Jews. O King, why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often 
in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you to open their eyes, so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I have had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here, testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that, by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles." And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day, might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose, and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them, and when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, 
this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. All right, that is Acts 26 from the Dwell app. Um, we are back. Uh, is there anywhere that you guys want to go? I know that this this chapter, like you said, Michael, it isn't as exciting. Um, every time that I listen and study, I always kind of try to pick out things. There's usually two or three things at least that stick out to me that I know I want to address on this podcast. There wasn't really much in there that stuck out to me today. So is there anything that you guys want to want to get to? Well, just a quick um, like name reference. So King Agrippa, we ref- we talked about this earlier when we were talking about Herod Agrippa. Yeah. Uh, so he was the guy that got eaten by worms. He opened a pet shop, says I got worms, <laughs> um, which I did read a little bit more about that, Michael, when I was looking this up. And apparently he, an omen, like, a, like he didn't like... He didn't turn people away from saying that he was a god, and like an owl came, which was like this omen of his death. Right. And immediately he started like having these like violent stomach pains, and huh. like died like five days later. Uh, so. Oh, so we only had worms for five days. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not oh. so bad. I <laughs> thought he got eaten alive for like a period of three years or something. No, like that. no, it was, huh. it, but but it was pretty. They say it was pretty violent, and he was in a lot of pain. So well, yeah, I, the I store mean, was the store was only open for five days. I guess well, it, it would be more painful <laughs> for worms to eat your body in five days than it would in three years. There's that. And the, they're taking and bigger a, bites. And again, <laughs> this is a common thing. It must have been something with with what these rich people ate or something. I don't know, but. But it was a common thing with, for, because of the way God works with, with bad kings, like some mm-hmm. evil folks. A lot of these guys died with these really terrible stomach ailments. Yeah. Mm. And sometimes it, it would have been quick. Some of these guys, it was a very long-lasting, terrible death. So. So, so anyway, so this is his son. All right, so, and Bernice is apparently his daughter, too. So uh, Herod Agrippa, king is the dad. Herod Agrippa's dad was Herod the Great, who was actually the one that killed the babies yeah. in Bethlehem. Baby killer. Uh, for And so, yeah, they got a really sordid history. And then yeah. this is King Agrippa, uh, who actually lived a lot longer, but he had kind of a uh, incestuous relationship with his sister. So weird stuff's going on here, but yeah. Paul is addressing <laughs> a little craziness happening. Um, but so, I, I don't know. I mean, so that's just kind of... A background at least on the name so yeah. you can know kind of okay who is this guy what is he all about and um basically I, I what i love about this chapter is that paul is taking every advantage he can to share the hope of jesus he shares his story yes. he doesn't he doesn't mince words with his story i mean he talks about at the beginning how he persecuted the jews how this was what he you know this is this is exactly what he wanted to do and what he wanted to accomplish and then you know, he had the Damascus Road experience where we literally get that statement and blinded by the light where we which get that statement too. Which he tells testimony, which is important to note. Yeah, yeah. And then, and but then it's 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 awesome that he he's like, yeah, I'd love for you. I'd love for you, King Agrippa, to follow Jesus. I'd love for you to be like me, except for these chains. I'd love for, you know, and so I, I think that that's, for me, I really admire the boldness of Paul, yeah. that he's not like awestruck by the stage or whatever is going on he just sees that this is an opportunity to tell people about Jesus and it's and it's such a shift in his um his ministry yeah. you know yeah. because i mean before he's planning churches he's you know working in the marketplace selling tents having conversations with common people people of all different types of i guess status but m- mostly not like royalty or anything like that starting churches going from place to place and now he's you know 
speaking to governors and speaking to kings and going to appeal to Caesar and going to uh, you know go to Rome and so it's definitely a shift in his ministry but it is one what we get we get so much richness from this time because while he's in prison he's writing, he, he's writing yeah. all these letters to the churches that he's planted and he's contributing to the faith of billions of people because of that and so before we get into to what actually happens in this chapter I want to I want to talk about that for a moment because Bad things happen in our lives, mm. right? And sometimes we don't see what God's doing, right? And we and we've all in this room, we've all been through it. We've all we've all been through our, our tough times. We've all been through through just the terrible stuff, right? And then <laughs> we tend to see like, okay, that's what God was doing. This is why I went through this thing. Yeah. God was preparing After, me. Yeah. And so and like with Paul, do you think that Paul? I, I'm reading a book called Paul: A Biography by N.T. Wright. And, and I'm starting to get to know Paul a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Paul seemed to be like a type A kind of dude mm-hmm. that was uh, obviously very bold, um, probably was a type of guy that had a lot of energy, right? He was go, 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 do, do, do. Yeah. Do you think if he hadn't been imprisoned that he would have just took it a time out and just sat down and wrote no. or, or dictated whatever you want to call You know what I mean? Probably not. No. God I mean, knew he Paul. To to, he wanted to go to Spain. I mean, so he had yeah. dreams and aspirations to go all the way to Spain to bring the gospel. Yeah, he he was. And and how much did Christianity? Forget the word Christianity. How much did humanity benefit mm-hmm. from Paul being going to prison and writing? Yes, he would have planted a few more churches. Yeah, some good things would have happened. But instead, he wrote things down that helped us carry on that work. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knew that. God's no dummy. <laughs> God, and and I, I believe that sometimes God allows things that are very painful for us to happen, you know, to happen to us. But it's for the, sometimes a greater benefit for our own lives and sometimes it's a greater benefit for humanity. And and that's the weird thing is sometimes we don't see that. Mm-hmm. We might not even see that in our own lifetime. Mm-hmm. But but God knows what he's doing and and he was doing something special with Paul. Yeah. And I think, I think that's just important to note. Yeah, I, I one of the I love this. This is going back to the book of John, John chapter nine. There's this awesome question that the disciples ask Jesus about a blind man. They're saying, you know, why is he born blind? Was it his sin or his parents? And like, whose fault is it? Obviously something bad has happened to him. And so he must have done something wrong or somebody did something wrong to him. Um, And Jesus creates a whole new category. Uh, He says it's neither of those things, but this is so that the glory of God can be seen in him. And I think that when we begin to almost kind of look past our suffering and begin and put our suffering in a different category, not that, okay, I deserve this. This is my fault. This is my doing. And ensure there can be consequences for the decisions that we make. Absolutely. And but. We, and so we can just kind of live in that category or somebody can has done something terrible to us. And so we can just think, oh, I'm just a victim like this has just happened to me. And I'm just so, you know, my life's ruined now because of all these things that have happened. And then we can also uh, put or, or we can add the last category that Jesus gives us. And he says, this is an opportunity for the glory of God. Yeah. And, and that's where I think that that's just such an amazing perspective on our present situation. Because if, if we look inwardly uh, and seeing and you know, recognizing our own faults or look to blame somebody else, whether it's other people or God himself, you know, we are going to just, we can miss the opportunity. We can miss the opportunity for the glory of God to be seen in our circumstances. And, and I think that's whether or not Paul had issues with this, 
whether or not he struggled in prison. I'm sure he did. I'm sure, sure. I mean, he had to have uh, moments of doubts or discouragement or yeah. whatever it may He's be. Yeah. But but I think that he had that kind of extra glimpse where he was able to see beyond the circumstances and and still have hope that God was going to do something amazing through him. And he had, I'm sure he had no clue. When he was writing to these people, he was just writing to encourage the local church. Yeah. And not... Now he's, you know, he writes to encourage, you know, the worldwide church for generations. This this chapter is an example of that. This is this chapter is an example of taking an opportunity mm-hmm. that you didn't have to take. Because keep in mind, this reads very much like Paul being on trial. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he's not yet. He was on trial, um, and and then he was being moved to 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 see Caesar, right, to go to Rome, and and this was a matter of Agrippa's like. I want to talk to this dude. I've heard about Paul. I know about Paul. I want to hear it from Paul himself. But he wasn't being charged at this point. This is a conversation. Paul could have shut his mouth and said nothing. Mm-hmm. And instead, so so Agrippa says in, like in verse 1, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul Paul is, is also given this opportunity, and he doesn't disappoint. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and the first thing that comes out of Paul's mouth that I think is very interesting. At first, when I read this, I thought it was snarky, and then and then I then I read it again, and I realized Paul's being very wise. We just talked about who Agrippa was. He was a bad dude. He was doing things he should not have been doing with his sister, right? I mean, he and he and he is a guy that he he's got a family history of just doing some bad stuff. He he's doing some bad stuff. So Paul could have just rebuked him, especially since, I mean, let's think about this sexually. He's, he's committing incest. How often today do we immediately move to sexual sins when we want to have a conversation with someone, mm. yeah. right? Instead, instead of sharing the gospel, instead of saying anything nice, we immediately want to move to their sexual sins. Well, you commit adultery, or you're gay, or you're this, or you're that, right? We immediately want to move to that. But Paul could have said, you know what, King Grip, I don't want to talk to you. I, I got nothing to say to you until you fix the situation with your sister, mm. right? But what does he say? He said, I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you're familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. Like, what an opening statement. He he praises this guy that's a turd. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but he does that so he so he actually can open this king's ears. I think we can learn a lot from that. Mm-hmm. That yeah. we have enemies, but but maybe we if we uh, you know the whole idea that you attract more bees with honey than with vinegar, you know? Yeah. Maybe if we're nice to people, <laughs> Yeah, this seems like we should have learned this in kindergarten. I learned this from watching Mister Rogers. But doggone it, if we're nice to people, <laughs> things tend to go better for you. Yeah, and and Paul does that. Yeah, and um, I just have um something in here where uh, verses twenty two and twenty three. Um, before I get to those, I wanted to say real quick, uh, the beauty from what I'm learning, the beauty and the magic and the amazing, just awe inspiring part of Christianity is, and you guys might be able to help me out with this because we're all kind of sci-fi nerds in here, but there's mm-hmm. a movie that I saw and I can't remember what it is, but they talked about flipping a coin to choose something. And someone talked about the coin landing on its edge and it created a third option. And to me, the I beauty, haven't seen it, but that's cool. <laughs> the beauty and the magic of Christianity is in the coin side in it landing on its side because people who aren't believers 
um, they just can't see it. They don't understand it because they only see heads and tails. Mm. They don't know there's this whole other realm of the coin side. And that's where we're supposed to exist, you know, outside of what they see. And so going back to what you were both were talking about before, about Paul going to prison and it not looking what you probably think it's supposed to look like for his life. And, and, but it creates all these opportunities and it continues to shape into who shape him into who he is. Um, and it creates an opportunity for him to be here today. And this is the only part that stood out to me of this whole chapter, really. Um, in 22 and 23, Paul is speaking, and he says, To this day I've had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim, proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Had he not been in prison, had his life not taken this path, one, he wouldn't have been shaped into the person to say these right things at the right time, but he also wouldn't have been put in front of this group of people of both small and great for this to be in, included and recorded in this for us to see today. Yeah. That's all in the side of the coin, something that we don't expect, something that we don't see, and something that is to me, one of the most beautiful things about our faith and about the way that God works. Mm. Man, that, that's good, Brent. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's like, all right, guys, uh, be kind and love each other. And, uh, <laughs> drop mic moment, right? Oh, Man. gosh. And I think um, all, all, you see that Paul is just always honorable and kind in the things that he even rocks. Because even Festus, after he says this, is like, you're out of your mind, dude. You've been, you know, your great learning has driven you crazy, basically. And Paul's like, I'm not out of my my mind, most excellent Festus. Like, you know, he's even like, just even in that moment where... Uber respectful. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, but I speak what's true and rational. And, and I think that I love Paul because it's almost like he's he's not easily offended in the way that we could normally be easily offended, right? He's just like, okay, you can say this to me, but that's okay. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. And, and I love that because it's almost like he doesn't have, you don't have to go through that filter of making sure that people like me or making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm well received or something like that. That doesn't matter to Paul. He's just like, this is, this is the hope that we have. And this is every opportunity. And even if you insult me, I'm going to still return kind words to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's exactly how Jesus operates. And you know, you know, just like you said earlier, Michael, Michael. The uh, that's a new that's a new nickname. <laughs> He's Michaeler than I am. <laughs> so as you said earlier, though, how it's kind of very similar uh, the parallel between Paul and Jesus, and Jesus is the exact same uh, thing. He was accused, and he was mocked, rejected, and killed, and he forgave his accusers. He forgave his murderers. Yeah, you know, and so I think that there is always an opportunity for us to choose peace, to choose grace, to choose forgiveness, to choose to be honorable in all situations just so that we might be able to win a few, as Paul would tell us later on in, you know, in, his, uh, in his letters to the church. And so I think that that is, it's great to see that. It's great to kind of almost see that in action, and, and hopefully that can encourage us to then take whatever situation that we're in, because Paul was uniquely placed in this opportunity, and we yes. are uniquely placed in the places that we are. Our workplaces, our families, uh, our neighborhoods, the places that we interact with people are unique. Not everyone has the same exact places and people that they always interact with. Uh, And so I think that we can always, we can see this as an opportunity and follow Paul in his footsteps and, and look for those opportunities to tell people about Jesus by either sharing our story, by being honorable, by being kind. 
uh, by looking just for those chances. Yeah. And when I when I see this 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 opportunity, I, I, though this doesn't feel like an opportunity, I think Paul felt it was an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so, like when I think about application, like so, what do I do? What do what do I take from this? Because I'm not going to go talk to a king, you know. That's not that's not that's not in the cards for me, right? <laughs> so so what does this mean for me? Well, I I look at um, see verse uh, twenty seven. Now this sounds like it doesn't make sense, but follow me. He says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. See what and if you notice. What Paul does here is he takes he takes something that that he knows that his audience knows, and he does that at, is it Mars Hill? I always forget the name of it. Like where it's talking about the unknown God, he does it there too. He takes a completely different approach to tell the gospel. He doesn't he doesn't talk about the Old Testament and and how the Messiah you know is is written. He doesn't do that. He talks about the unknown God. One thing that Paul has learned to do is is find a way to reach people wherever he is. He knows that King Agrippa has studied Judaism. I'm not sure if he was actually a Jew or not. I don't, I'm not really sure how that all works. I think works. he's a Roman, but I think he but, was very but because involved of, in because Jewish. of where he um, was a governor of, he understood these things. And so he kind of lures him in to this, to this um, speech, you could call it. He lures him in by, by things that he's already interested in. Mm-hmm. So how can, Daniel, how can Brent, how can Michael, how can you listener, how can we talk to people and lure them into the message of Jesus where our audience is? Yeah. Not where you are, but where your audience is. How can you reach them where they are? And I think the first thing, again, I know that I'm being repetitive, but the first thing is he's kind to people. Yeah. I'm he, glad you went back here. I have something I want to add. He's to not off-putting. He's kind to people, and, and, and then he reaches them where they are. Yeah. Well, I, one thing that I see a lot of people do, especially on social media, but a lot of people in general who are believers, um, we're supposed to speak truth in love, right? We're supposed to speak truth to the world, but we're supposed to do it in love. And I, I see a lot of believers out there who get in conversations with people and they say things in a very condemning way, but they say, but I'm saying it in love. But I think there's a difference like that in fixes it. I, yeah, I think there's a difference in speaking the truth to people and putting them down in a condemning way and thinking I'm doing this because I love you and I need to put you in your place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not our job to put people in their place. I don't believe I believe that it's our job to speak truth to them, but actually in love as a friend would say to you like, "Look, I I know that that's what you're doing, but you shouldn't be doing that and here's why." but I'm still your friend. I'm still a sinner myself. I'm coming from a place where I'm relating with you one-to-one, and we're going to talk about this truthfully and honestly, but still be friends in the end of it. And I see tons of people just condemning people and judging people and saying, hey, I'm speaking truth in love. That's what I'm doing. I'm called to do this, so this is how I'm going to tell you about this. And I think that that does nothing but turn people away. Do do, do we believe in the Holy Spirit? I mean, I, I I know I asked that question rhetorically, but... I mean, think about it. Who convicts sin? Does Daniel convict people of sin? Mm -mm. Does Michael convict? No. The Holy Spirit convicts people of sin. Yeah. So if you're lost, the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. If you are a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit within you. Mm -hmm. Who convicts you of sin? uh, If you have a good relationship with God, then the Spirit convicts you of sin. And the way the Spirit can work is if I have a sin in my life 
and the Holy Spirit's convicting me, right? Mm. But but the Holy Spirit moves through Daniel. And 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 Daniel feels convicted for me. And he comes to me like and, and, and normally the way this works, because I've been there, when you feel like you need to tell someone and correct them, it, it normally comes out of a place of not like satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It comes out of a place of, oh boy, okay, I gotta talk to Daniel. <sighs> Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do this, but the Holy Spirit is leading me to do this. And, it, and that's when it comes out of a place of love. Yeah. When you feel like the Holy Spirit is directing you. So to, to kind of go off of what you're saying, Brent, yeah. I, I really feel like if you're going to correct someone, mm-hmm. it had better be a Holy Spirit leading. If you think that it's coming from you, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. Because if you believe in the Holy Spirit and you believe that the Holy Spirit convicts of sin and you really do believe that, you're not joking around then maybe you need to wait until the Holy Spirit directs you. Yeah. If you're doing it of yourself, then you might be sinning yourself. Yeah, and I think it comes, too, from the the Scripture about, you know, before you speak to somebody about the splinter in their eye, take the plank out of yours. Like, um, I think it needs to come from that, from a place of, I'm a sinner, and I know all the things that I've done and that I still do and that I'm working on right now. And then you start from there. Yeah. Instead of being like, well... I know better than you because I'm, you know, it, 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 I think it needs to Pride. come from that, that place of humility yeah. and understanding that you're no better, you know, and, and, and anyway, go ahead. Daniel, well, you I think, something to say. yeah, I mean, I think when we say speak truth and, and love, we have to know to what end, right? I mean, because if, if we speak truth and love because we're trying to defend truth and we're trying to win an argument, then we're not doing it even in the right way yeah, or true. even the context yes. that Paul says it. Like Paul tells us in Ephesians 4.15, he says to speak truth in love so that we in every way can grow up to more, be more like Christ. Mm-hmm. And when he's saying this, he's telling the body to be unified. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that the body, the church, needs to speak truth in love to each other so that we can all grow more and more like Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the motive behind speaking truth in love. And then, and this is in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19, this is Paul talking about like his motive for what for how he interacts. Because, Michael, you, you brought up a great point when the unknown God in, in Athens and how he's uh, addressing uh, King Agrippa. That. No, you're good. Uh, See, I, I, and I even asked you, and you're shaking your head. Thanks, you, thanks for that, buddy. <laughs> and so, uh, but, and so he's, he's using everything to just try— his, his motive behind it is is not to speak truth and love. Like he's not sitting there in Athens so that he can everybody can agree with his truth. He's he's saying this and he's using their scriptures and their prophets and mm-hmm. their cultural sayings to try to win them. And it, and that's exactly what Paul says in First Corinthians uh, nine nineteen. It says, "For though I am free to all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more to uh, win more of them. To the Jew, I become a Jew in order yeah. to win Jews." Uh, to those under the law, I become under the law, even though I know I'm not under the law, that I might win those under the law. Yeah. To those outside of the law, I become outside of the law, you know, not even though I'm even though I'm under the law of Christ, you know, that I might win people outside the law. To the weak, I become weak, so that I might win the weak. To those who uh, I I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I yeah. do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share. Uh, that that I may share with them in its blessings. And I mean, like, if that is the context in which we interact with people that do not believe, mm-hmm. 
then that needs then 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 the way we talk on Facebook and the way that we interact with our coworkers should be in this way, mm-hmm. not because you know we're we're avoiding them because we don't want to stumble into sin, you know, and not saying that Paul ever in 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 this context Paul doesn't condone sin. He's just saying I'm becoming like people. I'm finding every common ground that I can possibly find with somebody so that I might tell them about Jesus. Yeah. You know, and I think when we think, oh, I got to speak truth in love, I think sometimes we feel like we got to defend truth more than we have to actually re- win somebody or re- or tell somebody about Jesus so they might make a decision to follow Jesus because that's what matters most to God. It, the law and truth is only good as, as it's used to tell people about Jesus so they can find the hope. That's really all it's there for. It's there to tell us how to live. It's there to show us what we can do to become more like Christ so that we can hopefully win more people to Christ. Yeah. Because that's all that matters. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And, and I, I want to clear something up too with that because because I, I can imagine there's a listener too that that's, thinks the way that I think. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, Daniel. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, Brent. I get it. Love, love, love. Be nice to people. But if you look, Jesus, he was nice to people. But then when he talked to the Pharisees, Man, he was brutal. Mm-hmm. And Paul, if you move, I was I was looking through it. I couldn't find which chapter, but if you move back, you know, when he talks to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's brutal to them too. In fact, he 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 kind of really it was fun. It's kind of funny how he does this. He knows that the Pharisees believe in a resurrection and the Sadducees don't. Mm-hmm. So like he starts stirring it up, and he starts talking about about the resurrection. <laughs> Because he was a Pharisee, so he kind of likes get get them fighting with each other, mm-hmm. and like I forget who it was, like like the high priest or whatever, you know, he kind of says something disrespectful, and they're like, like you know, that's a sin. You can't say something disrespectful. Like, oh, I didn't know that he was in this position because he's not acting like it. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like, come on, man. So, so I can hear the question, like, okay, okay, yeah, he's being all nice to King Agrippa, and he was nice to Felix, and he's nice to all these dudes. But like when he talks to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he's brutal. Something you got to keep in mind. We were talking about speaking to your audience. Mm-hmm. We're talking about like like with the the unknown God, and we've talked about how he he spoke in a kind of a Jewish language to people that understood Judaism. Mm-hmm. He he did those things. When we're talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees, something that's kind of a weird part of their culture that we don't understand is they argued. That's how they presented things. Mm-hmm. If you went into that crowd soft, you wouldn't be heard. Yeah. They, they were, they were, their culture. They were loud. Yeah, and they and they argued, and they like if you were being sarcastic and being kind of brutal, that would almost put a smile on their face because that's the kind of yeah. that's the way they did stuff. Like the perfect example I have for that analogy from my experience for today is contractors, like construction contractors. I worked at Home Depot for eight years and dealt with them every single day. And if you didn't have a thick skin and learn how to speak up for yourself and get used to a ton of profanity, you were going to be completely offended. You had to learn that that's how they operate and how they talk to each other and had to learn how to operate within that to be effective with them. And then you could win them over and be their friend. And then all of a sudden they liked you and trusted you and they weren't mean to you anymore. Same kind of thing, in my opinion. Yeah, they like they like wit. They like being kind of savage, and that. So Paul kind of had to do that, and so did Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think uh, one of the things that I think that you find that stark nature with people that are preventing others from experiencing Jesus. Paul was never 
was never hard on the Athenians for their ignorance, you know, but he was hard on the Pharisees because they, they knew were, better. they knew better yeah. and they were persecuting not only the believers, but they were so stubborn to the gospel and they were preventing people. That's what Jesus was so upset when he was like, whoa, when he did all his like seven woes to the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things like you, you prevent people. From from being you know from encountering the uh, the good news of Jesus, you prevent people from going to heaven because of your rules and regulations, yeah. and that's why I mean that that would I can imagine yeah. why that would make him so frustrated because people are the most important thing, and they were elevating law and tradition over people to prevent people from meeting God, mm-hmm. and and so that's I think that's why that just drove him just absolutely nuts, which makes yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, or at the end of this chapter, I guess. And at the end of the podcast. Sure. (laughs) Something that is, what ends up happening is we see that that they say this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, the man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So the way that Paul acts here, how appropriate he is, how he understands his situation, he won them over. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, he, they may not have converted, but he won them over. They, they found that he was innocent. Now, he still had to go to Caesar, but these two were like, yeah, Paul's fine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I didn't study after this, so I don't know what ends up happening with these two. But, I mean, I could use my imagination. What, what, what if a seed was planted? What if one of these guys, you know, actually ends up converting later? I mean, we don't know. Yeah. Um, as someone knows, someone would be like, no, Mike, the, these guys, are but, but you get, the, you get the point. Yeah. The way that we act plants seeds. We may not always get the conversion, mm-hmm. but the way we approach people can be a, a seed planting thing. I, as you guys know, uh, in the mornings I teach Chinese kids. Mm-hmm. I sent Brent and Daniel a video of me with the, one of the kids this morning. Um, and I can't say the name of Jesus there. Mm-hmm. I'm recorded. I'll get fired for one instance of that. So I can't even sneak it in and just try to, to risk my neck because it's just, it just won't work. So what I do is I love on these kids, these kids, their parents, they know who I am. They, they see the, my, my degree and stuff in my bio. So they know that I'm a Christian because of, of things that are on my bio that I'm allowed to have up there. So I love on these kids, and and the point I'm making is that I might not ever get a conversion in there. I won't get a conversion, but maybe one of these kids, because of the way that I treat them and with the love of Christ, maybe that plants a seed in their hearts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we can love people, maybe we can see the result. Maybe we won't see them, but maybe maybe Jesus will see the results later. Maybe these kids will see the results later. Maybe kings will see the results later. Yeah. I think one thing that's also really interesting at the very end is that. They say that he could have been set free, you know, if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. And it's almost like one of these like hindsight 2020, like, man, if only he hadn't appealed to Caesar, we could have set him free. Right. And uh, but I love it because God is just using this circumstance. And for me, there's so much in our pasts that we would want to change, Mm -hmm. you know, that we would, man, if only it would have been this way, it would have been better this way. But I think what's cool is using that side of the coin or that third category and saying, this is an opportunity for the glory of God. You can't go back and change that situation, but you know, you can also go forward now and respond in a way that's going to bring God the glory. I just, I think this chapter is awesome because we get to see Paul giving this testimony. We get to see um, you know the the love that he uses, and uh, I, again, I think we can really apply this 
to our lives and the way that we interact with people. Yeah, absolutely. So we appreciate you being here with us and growing with us. And uh, we ask you know that you guys just have a, a great day and have a great week and, and bless each other. But for now, I want to ask Daniel to lead us out. All right. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for this time that I get to hang out with my brothers to talk about um, uh, the Apostle Paul and your amazing work that you did through him to impact so many people, not only in his generation, but uh, countless generations to come, including this one. Uh, So, Father, may we just be encouraged that the more and more we give you access, Jesus, the more and more we give you access, Holy Spirit, to our situations, whatever they may be, uh, that you would use us for your glory. You would use our workplaces. You would use our families. You would use our interactions with our friends and in our neighborhood. That we would just take these moments uh, to tell people about the love of Jesus and the hope that we have in hopes that we might be able to win a few. Help us to find common ground. Uh, help us to uh, be understanding, to be kind to people, to be honorable and be respectful, Lord, uh, just so that we might be able to show and be uh, good representatives of who you are, God, because you love everyone and you have forgiven everyone. You've given people the opportunity to experience your salvation and your forgiveness and your love. And so, God, may we be uh, billboards for that, uh, for our generation, for our neighborhoods, for yes. our communities, yes. for our families, God, wherever we are, God. May we just uh, live in a way, God, that shows that you our Lord of our lives, and that you loved us so much, and so we need to love others in return. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this time. Amen. 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 Um, So guys, that's going to wrap us up for another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I hope that this is something that is continuing to enrich your lives and help you grow spiritually. So please uh, spread the word. If you want to go to iTunes and or anywhere else that you're listening to us through, if you're on Android, it's probably through um, Stitcher. But anyway, if you would, go and give us a review and a like and a share. Um, we'd appreciate that. You can always find us on uh, Facebook at the Weekly Impact Podcast Facebook page. Uh, you can find us through the Elevation Community Church page as well. Uh, if you want to follow along with the reading guide each week, uh, don't forget that we're posting that on our Elevation Community Church Facebook page every week and it's also on the homepage of our website www.myelevationcc.org you can find it there and it's also on if you're coming each Sunday to attend in our church here uh, it's on the welcome card each week so you can take that home and use it as a bookmark through the week so anyway as you can tell we're doing everything that we can to uh, to try to help you guys stay on track with the weekly reading and um, to be able to be on point with us here on Tuesdays as we go over the daily chapter Um, until next week for Daniel Michael and myself uh, we just thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time